Welcome to our regular episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. There is a, an episode I've wanted to present to you for some time. However, with current economic circumstances, we decided to postpone it in favor of some very practical formulas and information to help our listeners through any challenges they might be experiencing. But you have been sending in so many successes recently, I thought we would take this opportunity to present to you something that might not seem as pragmatic as some of the other lessons we have been presenting. But believe me, it is no less crucial to your survival and your happiness as a modern-day entrepreneur. An interesting survey was done by an extraordinarily successful entrepreneur, wise member, and a very good friend of mine a few years ago to discover what is the number one needed and wanted of today's business owner. I want you to consider what that item might be. I can pretty much guess that you won't guess it. But when I tell you, you're going to chuckle and think, yeah, of course. So did you think of it? You give up? The number one thing wanted by today's entrepreneur, a life. That's right. By hook or by crook, by tooth or by nail, men and women around this country have been putting together business ventures of all shapes and sizes, and many have achieved, quote, success, end quote, by material standards at least. But how are they defining success? As we went over in episode four, which called an expansion formula, Mr. Hubbard defines the basic formula for living as, I quote, having and following a basic purpose. So if that's how Mr. Hubbard defines the basic formula for living, then it stands to reason that success could probably best be defined as having achieved some part or all of that basic purpose, wouldn't it? For this reason, it makes a lot of sense to precisely define what your basic purpose is. If you don't, you're heading down the highway without a destination, and you might not like so well exactly where you end up. Now, Mr. Hubbard defines purpose this way in an article 5 July 1970. The entire concept of an ideal scene for any activity is really a clean statement of its purpose. I repeat that. The entire concept of an ideal scene for any activity is really a clean statement of its purpose. And Mr. Harper defines ideal scene as Quote, a statement or concept of how a scene, area, or product ought to be, end quote. So, as a frame of reference, let's also define, give Mr. Hubbard's definition of an existing scene. In the existing scene, per an article from 7 August 1972 from Mr. Hubbard, the existing scene is what is really there. Very important. You can have all the illusions you want about your ideal scene. Create on it. 
envision it. How should things be? What, how ought they be? But before you launch in the direction of your ideal scene, obviously you're launching from an existing scene and the existing scene better be what is really there. No illusions there about your existing scene. The illusions are in the future, what you are creating. Nothing wrong with dreams. That's how we, that's how we achieve. That is what we are achieving. We're achieving our dreams. So the question that work over for yourself is, what is your purpose? What is your ideal scene? And there should be a direct parallel between these two, rather personal concepts. If you confront your existing scene and you have clearly defined your purpose and ideal scene, you have a good shot at getting there. If you don't, you certainly won't. As the old adage goes, be careful what you wish for. You probably learned that from reading the Arabian Nights as a kid. So now, if you consider your ideal scene, it is quite likely that that ideal scene encompasses a certain aesthetic. Let's define Mr. Hubbard's definition of aesthetic, which is pretty, beautiful, of the wavelength of the arts, which is the wave that most closely approximates theta. Mr. Hubbard's definition, pretty, beautiful, of the wavelength of the arts, which is the wave that most closely approximates theta. Theta. Now, theta, of course, is the word Mr. Hubbard uses for life force. What is life? We call life theta. So beauty or aesthetic approximates life force, and generally beings like you and like me enjoy having a beauty or aesthetic in our lives, which means that art is an important element in living, isn't it? And your business or enterprise is a big part of your living, isn't it? So then let's look at the equation. Art is an integral element in your life. And thus, and business is an integral element in your life. And thus it should be, and thus art should be an integral part of your business. Stands to reason. Now, of all the definitions we have presented today, the one most ill-defined in society is the word art. A-R-T, art. How would you define it? Interesting, isn't it? I wouldn't be surprised if you aren't uh, grasping a little bit for a definition. But here is Mr. Hubbard's definition of art. Quote, art is a word which summarizes, all capital letters here, the quality of communication, end quote. That is from an article from Mr. Hubbard entitled Art, written on the 30th of August, 1965. Quality of communication. Okay, so I'm going to give you a quote from Mr. Hubbard from an earlier business-wise episode. I believe it was uh, the one, episode seven, Communication and Finance. L.H. says this, Mr. Hubbard says this, if you find finance faltering, you will discover immediately why, if you realize that the financial system is a communications system and that communications systems are the background of what you are doing. This is from an article from May of 1953. Look, man, you are dealing with communication when you are dealing with commerce, business, and finance. That's just a fact. 
and we have covered this in several earlier podcasts. To command more pro-survival attention, to beget inflow, one must outflow and can increase inflow through more quantity of outflow, always your first priority, quantity, and also by increasing the ratio of inflow to outflow. And that is achieved through quality of outflow. So these are two factors that you can always work on to increase inflow. Now that's a fast review also of episode two, outflow. And again, episode seven, communication and finance, which you might want to review after you've listened to this. So let's review the definition of art. Art is a word which summarizes the quality of communication. So when we are talking then about increasing the ratio between outflow and inflow, then what we are talking about, we are talking about art. And this is one good reason why when Mr. Hubbard wrote several series of articles on management in three volumes, he called the management series. One of those series is the art series. And that is a series from which I have been deriving these quotes, these uh, definitions. So by now, it should be pretty apparent that there's a tremendous intimacy between art and commerce or business. And yet, how grossly do these two factors seem to be separated? For instance, let's talk about the artist. I know many great artists. I have members who are artists. They are amongst my favorite members. I, I love what they create. I love looking and listening at what their creations are. But I have found, on the whole, a repugnance on the part of artists towards the, quote, business end of things, end quote. And almost a regard that to be involved in the business end is very unartistic. Well, I don't know about that because their success is as much a function of their skills in administration and management as it is their skills and talent as an artist. The iconic starving artist, how many tremendous artists do you know who are not getting their communication over? If art is a word which summarizes a quality of communication and they are not communicating, then they are not performing as artists and they're not fulfilling their role. So how do they fulfill that role better? Of course, there's their art, but there's also their ability to get their art known, to get it communicated. And when we start going down that road here, we're going down the road of management or administration. And, and what particularly is wrong with that? Because if you now, on the other side of the coin, let's take some of the great, most successful entrepreneurs. If you made a study, if you, if you wanted to get a list of the top entrepreneurs in any given city, I'll tell you the fastest way that you can do that. Look for the board of directors of the local symphony orchestra. Okay? There has always been this uh, almost covert or hidden, but very close relationship between the successful business person and the artist. You had patrons of the arts, but many of these entrepreneurs themselves are almost closet artists. They certainly love to collect beautiful things. They love having art in their environment. 
But they are also almost embarrassingly like, oh, yeah, I'm also an artist. Like, no, art and commerce, art and living, these things go together. They were born from the same well of creativity. In fact, you can view some of these businesses that have been created themselves as works of art. We're going to come back to that a little bit more. But, you know, when you are creating something, you're creating a sculpture, you're creating a painting, you're creating a poem. But how about creating a group? How about creating an enterprise? That in itself can and probably should be and would survive to the degree that it is engaged upon as an artistic activity as an aesthetic activity, put beauty in it. And if you take a look at some of the most successful uh, enterprises, of course, we think of Apple immediately, where there was a high, high emphasis on aesthetic. And uh, look at any of the great marketing campaigns, promotional campaigns, PR campaigns, where is that aesthetic wavelength? It's right there. So the more you incorporate art, in your business, in your quality of communication. Of course, again, emphasizing the volume of communication first, but then quality of communication second. Now we're engaging in the area of art and aesthetic. So this is not something to brush off. This is not something not to study carefully. And uh, Mr. Hubbard wrote a tremendous amount about this. He himself was a consummate artist. If you've read his uh, fiction or even listened to his lectures, this is a true artist. His photography, his music, an extraordinary artist, an extraordinary administrator. And there you have this coming together of two uh, factors, one very dependent on the other, very, very closely related, in fact. So I don't think we should uh, discuss anymore or acknowledge anymore any kind of... Um, fundamental schism between the artist and the entrepreneur. I think there will be greater success to the degree that they come together. And who is creating the new world? Who is creating the new civilization? Well, it's the artist and it's the entrepreneur. So if we're going to create it aesthetically, I think there needs to be a coming together of these two things. And certainly Mr. Hubbard emphasized that. Otherwise, um, why would he write so many articles on the subject and incorporate it into his management series? It is a vital aspect to management and uh, success in business and also in life. To further uh, emphasize this, on 29 July 1973, another article from the management series from Mr. Hubbard an article entitled Art More About, he defines here what makes a work of art a work of art. Okay, so, quote, if you look at or listen to any work of art, there is only one thing the casual audience responds to en masse. And if this has it, then you too will see it as a work of art. If it doesn't, you won't. So what is it? Technical expertise itself adequate to produce an emotional impact, end quote, Ron Hubbard. What makes a work of art a work of art? 
technical expertise itself adequate to produce an emotional impact. We're talking about a communication subject. We're talking about creating emotional impact. How do you create that emotional impact? Through technical expertise. Now, we've all watched uh, carpenters working uh, so skillfully that you could swear you could put it to music. You know, putting together a, a cabinet or a bookcase. Uh, you, we've watched people work in the kitchen. You just want to put it to music. You can practically hear the music going through your mind as they are working because their technical expertise is such, it's creating an emotional impact on you. You know, it's like, my goodness, check this out. Like, look at this, film this. And that is, they are, their work there is a work of art. What about a skilled manager handling his personnel, leading them, assigning them their functions and their responsibilities and guiding them, encouraging them? I'll bet you never thought about that as a work of art. But is their technical expertise itself adequate to produce an emotional impact? Well, if there isn't, why not? Why not incorporate that in your day-to-day functions as a business owner? I have a suspicion that if you start working in that direction, uh, bringing aesthetic into your day-to-day, you will more closely approach even an ill-defined ideal scene for yourself even an ill-defined sense of your purpose. Because in all likelihood, aesthetic and art is intimate to your ideal scene in one fashion or another. To further punctuate this, make the point fully, I'm going to leave you with uh, one last article from Mr. Hubbard. Actually, we uh, have quoted from here a definition already, but this is uh, from 29 July 1973, his article entitled Art More About. It's number two in the art series I referred you to. He says here, quote, the artist is thought of as enthroned in some special heaven where all is clean and there is no sweat, eyes half closed in the thrall of inspiration. Well, Maybe he is sometimes. But everyone I've seen had ink in his hair or a towel handy to mop his brow or a throat spray in his hand to ease the voice strain of having said his lines 22 times to the wall or the cat. I mean the great ones. The others were loafing and hoping and talking about the producer or the unfair art gallery proprietor. They're great ones always worked to achieve the technical quality necessary. When they had it, they knew they had it. How did they know? Because it was technically correct. Living itself is an art form. One puts up a mock-up. Mock-up means to make or create. So a mock-up is something that you've made or created. Mr. Robert says here, living itself is an art form. One puts up a mock-up. That doesn't happen by accident. One has to know how to wash his nylon shirts, and girls have to know what mascara runs, and that too many candy bars can spoil the silhouette, quite in addition to the pancreas. Some people are themselves a work of art because they have mastered the small practical techniques 
of living that give them a quality adequate to produce an emotional impact even before anyone knows their name or what they do. L. Ron Hubbard. So living itself, mastering the techniques of living. Remember, a work of art is technical expertise itself adequate to produce an emotional impact. Does the individual produce an emotional impact? Yes or no? If they do, it's because they are themselves a work of art. They have mastered these techniques. Now, if you want to be a work of art as you administer your enterprise, then highly recommended, learn these techniques, this know-how of administration from Mr. Hubbard very, very, very well. Master them and you will see a growing zone of influence around you as you continue to create an artistic impression and emotional impact, hopefully a positive one, on those around you. Okay, so I hope we've thoroughly disabused anyone and everyone listening that business and art are somehow two subjects that should have nothing to do with each other. They're very intimate to each other, and they're very intimate to living as well, as we have just gone over. They tie into your purpose, your ideal scene, which, of course, is a basic formula of living, having following a basic purpose, ties into the quality of your communication as an entrepreneur or as an organization so that you are uh, producing adequate inflow as a consequence of your outflow, has to do with the emotional impact you're creating on others, has to do with the world that you and I and all of our friends and associates are right now in present time creating. Because that is the work that contributes to our current culture and our future culture. May it be an aesthetic one. Okay, with that, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Didn't really give you a step-by-step formula today, but I think this is very important uh, to your quality of life, if nothing else, quality of society. So um, look it over. Look over your basic purpose. Look over your ideal scene. Look over the quality of your communication. Look over your technical expertise. These, I guess you could say, are your homework assignments. And uh, beef them up as appropriate. And I think uh, you will start seeing more and more success. So this is fundamental, but very, very important. Okay, that's it for now. If you have any questions, write us at info at wiseeastus.org. Also love to hear your wins. We've been getting a lot and we really love reading them. Some of them are really they create quite an emotional impact on us. So uh, please do send in your uh, wins and successes as well at info at wiseeastus.org. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk again soon.